Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome listeners to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain profitability to fund managed growth. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. All of my CEO guests successfully operate companies with annual revenues in excess of $3 million. Today, my guest is Evan Zavatakis. He's from Cyprus. He's a founder and CEO of Executive Coach Asia. If you want to find his website, it's executivecoachasia.com, www.executivecoachasia.com. Evan, love having you here today. Welcome to the, the show. Tell us something about yourself, how Executive Coach Asia got started. Well, who are you right now? Wayne, nice to see you, and it's an honor to be here with you today. Well, I am an accredited executive coach. What I do, I'm a management consultant at the same time, and I am also an online visiting lecturer at the EU Business School in Switzerland. Now, my career started in the UK. I studied in Switzerland, and then once I finished my studies in Switzerland, I moved to the UK. I've done my master's degree in the UK, in England. Switzerland is beautiful, but when you're 22, 23 years old, it's a little too quiet. <laughs> I call Switzerland the three B's, beautiful, but a little bit boring. So I, I moved to the UK, I did my master's. And once I finished my MBA in Switzerland, I started working in a company in a sales and marketing role. I loved sales. I grasped it quite fast and I got promoted pretty fast. After a year and a half, I was given the opportunity to branch out and actually open my own sales agency at the age of 25. And by 27, I was actually managing two companies. One was the initial office that I started. And then I branched out again by opening another satellite office. So by the time of, by the time I was around 27 years old, I was managing around 45 people. Now I don't say this to impress you. It's not my style, but it's rather to impress upon you. As I say to my clients on executive coaching, I'm a practitioner. I'm not a theorist. So I can't really teach you something that I haven't done yourself. And it's kind of my mantra and my philosophy. Perfect. And then at, 
And then at 27, 8, 27, 28 years old, the company was doing really well. And a big company approached me and I was 28, pretty greedy. I sold the company <laughs> and then I went on the two years kind of traveling around the world, enjoying myself. And then after two years, a headhunting company approached me and they said, Hey, Evan, we know there is a company in Cyprus that they are looking to expand in Asia. They are looking for people with your skill, managing people, scaling companies, leading from the front, managing operations. Are you interested to become one of their directors and scale their operations in Southeast Asia? And after having three meetings with them, I accepted the challenge and I started with them. And I've opened offices for them in Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, then Vietnam. And my last year with them, I was running their operations. I was running the show out of Sydney, Australia. Wow. That was for around eight years. And it went all up, up until 2017, 18. And then uh, that company was also bought out. And then I decided to do something totally by myself. And then I said, my wife actually said, what shall I do next? And he said, Evan, you, why don't you use your practical experience to actually teach and train others and share your knowledge? And I said, yes, let's give it a try. And that's how executivecoachasia.com started. Because initially I started this company in Malaysia. That's how I started, Executive Coach Asia. It was pretty easy. I came up with a term. I had a look on, on godaddy.com. The domain was ready, was available. I think I bought the domain for like 20 and that's how I started. Are, are you telling me that your wife was your inspiration for starting your company? Yes, you can say like that. She was the one that kind of planted the seed or gave me the idea. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's nice to give her the credit. All right, so you started it and you built on your experience from other companies, from things you learned from 22, 20. Help me understand those first couple of months starting Executive Coach Asia. Look, the first step, what I would like to share is that I started without plan B. When my agreement with the finance company that I had back in 2017 ended, I was sitting at our dinner table with my wife and after kind of three months, I took, we took some holidays and I said, what do I do next? And I said, I don't really want to go work for someone. I don't really I want to be employed anymore. What do I do? And she said, look, you're a good, you have your own style. When you present you, you are a good speaker. You have your own personality and you have experience. You travel around the world. You uh -huh. have experience in the UK, you have experience in, in Asia, why don't you do it? And the first couple of months, it was really putting the pieces together and started and getting my website up and it was challenging. It was challenging because when you start something new, it's always a challenge. Yes, it, so is. it was challenging. It was challenging from the logistics, finding somebody to make the website for putting all my content together to think, okay, who do I want to serve? Who is my ideal client? I was trying to find out all my list of my contacts to give them a call and say, Hey, it's ever this is what I do now. And I think one of the lessons that I learned early on uh, in this kind of new adventure is to find out who your ideal client is. Otherwise you will, the mistake I did for my first kind of six months is trying to be everything to everyone, to anyone, to everyone okay. and end up being nothing to no one. Right. How did you realize that? That's very good advice. But it took you six months to find out 
but was it you are not getting any commitments, you're not resonate with any sweet spots with those clients? Or how did you come to that realization? Yeah, because they were saying, Evan, I like your style, I understand, but I don't really understand what you stand for. How can you help me? Like okay. I had clients coming to me, or oh, executive coach, help me with Facebook ads or help me with digital marketing. I said, look, I'm not your guy. And I was okay. having all these introductory calls and I was exposed to the wrong audience and I didn't know how to hone my message and how to craft my website. And then I realized, and then I sat down and I said, okay, what is my experience? My experience is sales, operations, leadership, management. So this is where I need to go. I need to go to managers, C-suites, executives, really help them with some of the most pressing challenges. When you first started, Evan, did you adopt a lot of the systems and procedures you had from other companies? Did you build your own? How operations get started when you started your consulting firm? When it comes to operations, to logistics, they, it's the experience I had gained from doing it for other companies, like how uh -huh. to set up an office, the legality, hiring, interviewing people, getting things done. Now, once this was ready, so I had that experience, I, I acquired that experience from before, and then I sat down, and then the next step is to create content. If somebody comes and tells me, Evan, I need help with time management or with leadership, I need to present them something, I need to show them something, right? So I sat down, I created content based on my experience, and then at the same time, I studied, I got accredited, I got certified as an executive coach by ICF, by the International Coaching Federation. How long that process take you? A year. And what did you find, what did you find valuable during that certification process? Because I'm quite sure there are other CEOs out there who are coaches or executive coaches. What did you find valuable about that process and would you do it again? Yes, the most important thing that I found valuable is going from a consultant management background. Usually, when I would go up and open offices and scale businesses, I would kind of advise or tell people what to do. We need to do this, we need to do this, because I had the experience from that perspective. Now, when it comes to coaching, the biggest suggestion I say, and what I've learned through my accreditation as a coach is to ask questions to really help the client come up with their own solutions because you see when most most people we know the answers it's either inside us or we don't know how to find them so a uh -huh. successful coach really helps the client to find out the solution that he or she is looking for so what if training is a little bit different than coaching training is i do 70 percent of the time i tell you what i know and you are doing the listening coaching is I do the questioning and together we are finding out the answers. So coaching is I facilitate the process. For example, you are at point A and you want to go to point B, I will facilitate you how to go from point A to point B. I don't know how to go, but through my coaching framework, I will get you there. You own your challenge. I own the path. Okay. How long did it take you to smooth that process out? You weren't a good coach right away. You weren't an excellent coach right away. How long did you get a process that you're comfortable with and started those new clients 
and getting them off to a good start. How, how long did it take you to get comfortable having a, a good system in place? There are two answers here. The, the technical answer, I suppose, around two years. Okay. And the other answer is that a coaching framework, I always adjust, adapted and adjusted even to today because the business environment out there is constantly changing, especially right. the last couple of years. Right. And I, I assume you agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So that's the answer. Okay, so you kept on adapting. Are you still adapting? Always. And, you know, I, I, if you don't adapt, you know, as Charles Darwin said, it's not the strongest who survives, but it's the most adaptable. Okay. Now, so, tell me about the people you surround yourself with, the, the, the organization you work with, your support staff, and so forth. Look, I like to work with good leaders and good managers. And you may ask me, well, Evan, will a good manager, a good leader want your service? And I said, yes, this is my ideal client. So. I work with good leaders and good managers that want to be great. And these are my clients and my organization because it's difficult to work with people that don't want to improve. With my experience, when both from practical point of view, when I was a manager and now as a coach, I think successful managers, successful CEOs, successful business owners, we always need to have a student mindset. Well, well, you know, and I agree with what you're saying. You, you're looking for successful people who are hungry for success, who want to get better. Have you ever had to fire a client because their talk was cheap? They said they want to do something, but they didn't follow through? Yes. Hey, tell, me, tell me about it. How, how'd you go about that? How'd you realize it? And how'd you yeah. go about it? I'll give you an analogy. If you wake up in the morning and your tooth aches, who do you call? The dentist, of course. If you wake up in the morning and you have water on the floor from the sink, who do you call? Your plumber. Right. But if you wake up in the morning and your sales are down in the company, your people are not engaged, they are resigning, you don't say, I need a coach. That's you correct. You say, oh, I'm going to work today. I can't be bothered. I want to close down the company. This is not for me. And so on and so forth. So people don't wake up when they have business challenges or leadership challenges. When they wake up in the morning, they don't think of a coach. That's correct. Okay. I agree 100%. So how do I realize when the client is not coachable? There were cases that said, look, I don't think this is for you. You're not following through what you agreed that you will do. I don't see any different. You will not see any different. So I think we might, you know, go different ways. Unless somebody wants to be coachable and unless someone wants to be accountable in what they are saying, what they're going to do, I know when by default, in six months down the line, in three months down the line, they will not see any difference. And if I don't see that you will improve, there is so much the coach and the trainer can do, right? Because, uh -huh. you know, when it comes to, when it comes to coaching and training, the ac accountability is extremely important, yes. both, from the, both from the coach and the coachee. When you're going through the process of discussing with a potential client, do you have a process or, or a system to kind of weed out, or I won't say weed out, to determine whether this person and I will be a good fit? I mean, do you have a way of saying in your mind, this is not going to work, I need to move on? Yes, I have what is called an active inquiry. An active inquiry is, my process is like this, you can call it my sales process. When somebody says, or they request that they want to work with me, the first thing that we do is we arrange for a complimentary, for free, half an hour to 45 minutes, blueprint, discovery, Zoom call, where they get to know me and I get to know them 
and I asked them some questions to understand exactly what is the issue, what is the challenge, and how and if I can help them. For example, if I ask you, you tell me, Evan, this is my issue. One of the questions that I'm going to ask you, the, the first question is, how long has this been a problem? And if you tell me one year, two years, I'm going to ask you, why are you coming to me after two years? Because it's an alarming bell in my head that you might not be committed. So right. if you tell me a month, two months, three months, I can see that this is a pressing, pressing problem. But if you come to me after one year, two years, three, five, three years, why? Because at the end of the day, it's all about me giving value to you and you need to be committed to find exactly. solutions. It sounds like you cannot be successful if you got to drag them along kicking and screaming. Exactly. It's like you're going to the doctor and they ask you, the doctor, I say, how long have you, your, your teeth been in bed? I say, oh, two months. So what happened to those two months? Why are you coming today? If you survive for two months, it means the pain is not that pressing. You got to understand. You're right. I'm, I'm going to switch directions a little bit. Obviously, you're on a podcast because you're trying to grow. You're trying to reach new audiences. What's your growth plan? How do you plan on growing? Okay, my growth plan is most of my clients come from referrals. People, companies refer me, and that's how I get most of my clients. That's number one. Number two, you know, my growth plan, and if you're listening to this, maybe you're a marketeer, you're a coach, or in any business, I would suggest to try to associate yourself with organizations, with websites, with other companies that your ideal clients hang out. So uh -huh. for, exa for example, tomorrow, and without promoting them, I'm doing a live training webinar with a company called ivyexec.com. You've probably heard of them, ivyexec.com. Yes. It is a career and a leadership podcast. Tomorrow, I am running one of their training webinars for them. Um, they just sent me a report. I think we have uh, around 100 people registered. So this is my growth plan. My growth plan is referrals. In our business, it's referrals. And the second thing is to associate yourself with companies, with associations, with organizations that your ideal clients hang out. As for us, we're not a commodity. Our clients are very specific. So maybe a big publication will ask me to write an article, but I might not write it because even though there are going to be two, three millions that are going to see that article, they are not my, our ideal clients. So in our okay. job, in, in, in management consulting, in leadership, I suppose you are in a similar situation. Quantity is not the best way. Quality is the best way. Niching it down. Niche, niche, depends how you pronounce it. Now, do you, do you see yourself growing above your capacity to do it by yourself? I mean, how do you know where that upper limit is? How do you know where you've reached your limit of clients? Yes, no, look, at the moment, I actually partner up with different coaches that are not in the same line with me, but they are in a different kind of niche. For example, digital marketing coaches, technology coaches, and so on. So I'm looking to expand the business by offering coaching solutions and partnerships with coaches from different niches. So we okay. can cross sell our products to others and we can potentially get fruitful corporations. I've did it a few times that I did it. When I realized that my potential client, I cannot help the potential client. I refer them to somebody who has the solution to their specific problem. Let me get ready to wind down here. And I always try to find out what makes you a good CEO, a good executive coach. Brag on yourself. What makes you good? To brag on myself. I lived in Asia. People in Asia, I, I think I was a bit of mixture. You need, 
Europeans, Americans, we like to brag about ourselves. But <laughs> you see, Asians are a bit more reluctant. But anyway, it's good because you get the experience from both sides. I think what makes me a good CEO is my practical experience. Uh, working in different countries, working in the UK, working in Europe, working in Asia, I was blessed and lucky enough to understand how to work with people from different cultures. Again, okay. And that served me well because since the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of my clients and a lot of my assignments, I think 95% are online. Okay. So my ability to, my ability to connect, understand and relate to people from different cultures through my experience gave me the skill, I suppose, to be able to work with and cooperate with people from different backgrounds, different religions, different cultures. So I think that's one of my biggest advantages is making me a good CEO and a good leader. And it's perfect. And I, and I like hearing that. And uh, my last question as we, we wrap up here, think about the audience out there, the CEOs out there, the other executive coaches out there who have their own business. What tip, tool, or technique would you like to share with them that something's from inside of you, some insight, some wisdom, some food for thought, what would you like to share for the audience as a, a tip or a tool as your parting thoughts, your parting thinking? I think I would like to talk from people's point of view as a leader. Okay. Now, I think leadership nowadays is extremely important, but it's a very fuzzy word. Yes. It means different things to different people. Yeah. So there are many definitions of leadership, as you know, the thousands of books that were and are written on the topic. So the person who is leading and those being led on any kind of given day or situation, leadership way can mean different things to different people. For example, sometimes it can be coaching, teaching, motivating, inspiring, cheerleading, guiding, correcting, explaining decisions, hiring, firing, thinking about the future, resolving conflict. There is no right or wrong answer. If right now you're listening to this and you're a manager or a CEO, Maybe you have a small business. Maybe you're just starting and you have two employees, three employees, or maybe you are a, a VP or a CEO and you are managing 100 people or 500 people. What I would say is that there are three essential roles of a leader in today's environment. Okay. Number one, a good leader should define the task. Number two, achieve the task. And number three, maintain effective relationship. Briefly before we wrap up, define the task. As a leader, you should make it clear of what the group that you are leading is expected to do. For example, if you are a sports coach, a football manager, you should say to your team, our goal for this year is to win the title, or right. our goal for this year is not to get regulated to the lower division. But your football players should know what the task is. Why are we playing? Number two is to achieve the task. And this is why the group exists. So as leaders, as managers, as business owners, you know, make sure that the group that you are feeling, that you are leading, its purpose is fulfilled. For example, if you are running a restaurant, maybe you're listening to this and you have an F&B business and you say, guys, this is the task that we want to achieve for this year. This is what we want to do. Make sure that at the end of the year, the task it has been achieved because if not achieved frustration, Disharmony, criticism comes in place, perhaps eventually disintegration of the group. Right. And you can see that a lot in sports teams. If yes. they fail to reach the target, 
the manager gets sacked or in companies, the, the leader gets shocked or the department manager, manager gets fired, people starting to resign. Right, you're right. And the third, I suppose, is to maintain effective relationships. If you're a leader, please maintain effective relationships between yourself and the members of the group, but between the people within the group as well. So you set the environment for the relationships in your group. You feel that that's, that's your, that's your role. I think a successful leader knows how to balance three things. Results, relationships, ego. Okay. What do I mean, if you're a CEO, a manager, a business owner, you need to get results. But if you're too much results, results, results driven, and you don't balance relationships, people will not want to work for you because you'll drive them crazy. On the, on the reverse, if you're too friendly, if your relationships are very high, but you're not executing, you're not pushing for results, yeah, you will have a lot of friends, but your company will not succeed. Exactly. exactly. And the third one, if you're just too egoistical, again, people will not want to work for you. So it's about balancing results, relationships, ego. Thank you very much for sharing that, Evan. How can people get a hold of you? They can get hold of me. They can contact. They can reach out on LinkedIn. I'm quite active there. Evan Givanakis. Number two, they can have a look at my website, executivecoachasia.com. And if you're listening to this, you can always reach out and arrange a complimentary blueprint strategy discovery session where I get to know you, you get to know me, and then you can tell me what is your challenge and see if we can have the potential to work together. And you Hello. can always drop, yeah, you can always drop me an email, Evan at executivecoachaza.com. That information will be in, in the show notes. And Evan, I really want to thank you today for joining me from Cyprus. And I won't figure out later how much difference in time it is, but- uh, I think seven hours. Okay. So, so seven hours. Evan and I would like to thank our audience of CEOs for joining us today to listen in on a CEO to CEO conversation. If you have any questions, or you have any comments, please leave them in the comment section or the re remark section below. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy. And I hope to have you come back for next week's guest, who also is a CEO operating a successful seven-figure revenue company. Until next time, Wayne and Evan signing off. Have a good day. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www.ceosecrets-execution.com and apply. If today you learn a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them 
and let them know about the CEO secrets for executing strategy podcasts. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www.ceosecrets-execution.com. We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five-star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.